It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is locked on Jazz for the 24th of April. Game 5. How can the Jazz get it done? Have they changed the way they play against the Rockets? And Dame Lillard, you're a bad, bad man. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Give me insight, expertise, geeky numbers. I'm the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is available for you on the brand new app, Himalaya. You can download the app in the ever-changing podcasting world. Himalaya brings you all sorts of great search features, understanding everything that's out there. And certainly uh, something for you to enjoy. Also available on Spotify, Google, Apple, uh, Stitcher. Who else? Wherever else you find your podcasts. And you can just get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Jazz. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Locked on Jazz. The numbers have spiked up nicely. Um, we actually usually have a bigger audience off-season than on-season, but it's nice during the playoffs. So thank you to all the new listeners that are here. We're here for you throughout the off-season. We'll actually... Um, We'll cover up to the draft and through free agency and all sorts of things for you. So uh, certainly excited to have you uh, aboard and uh, tuned in. Thanks for telling some friends about the show and letting it grow. Uh, sponsorship opportunities are available as we head into the off season. If you're interested in advertising on the show, you're welcome to email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com. All right, um, can we, should we start with Dame? That was just awesome. That kid is just the best. Um, that's the model that we hope Adidas gets to Donovan Mitchell. That's that's who we hope Donovan Mitchell becomes. And he's shown every inkling of being that guy. Um, yesterday's show, we didn't talk about Donovan enough on purpose because I knew we'd do it today, and then... So now I'm doing it in the realm of Dame. The trash talk, the professionalism, the loyalty to the market, the charity work he does with Special Olympics. Dame Lillard is is almost perfect. I mean, and like the evolution of his game, he's gotten better. And he's gone through the heartaches of back-to-back sweeps. They got a bad matchup. I mean, I said it earlier. They, last year, are us this year. Well, they are pretty good last year, and then they just got a terrible, terrible matchup. And so they looked a lot worse. And now they get Oklahoma City, who if we'd gotten this year, we would have beat. I promise. I have no no doubt at all. I think we could take it Portland a little bit, but Dame kind of went into Jordan territory last night in the sense of wondering whether or not he's just beatable. That That's... That's what that performance was last night. That was the one where you suddenly go, oh, it might not matter what the opponent does against Portland. They might be on a mission, and they they may very well go to the Western Conference Finals this year. Now, that is a team that is not you know dramatically better than us in any way, shape, or form. And I do think we would play Cantor off the floor, and then they would have problems. I, I 
the stock, it's a good matchup for them to have had two inefficient guards who shoot 11 for 30 who aren't very good in pick and roll and can't exploit Cantor. Had we gotten in that bracket, I'm utterly convinced that we're going to the Western Conference Finals. They are now. And it's interesting to how that would have made us all feel and things would have been different. And if we got in the Warriors, we could have fought a bet, you know, maybe take them to six. And then we think we're two games away from the finals. And tonight, instead, we're playing for our lives. Hopefully not going to get gentlemen sweeped out in five. It's pretty interesting. Let's go back to the other night on Donovan, though. Uh, That's where I wanted to start tonight and then dig into some other today and then dig into some other things. But that was really special. We have to remember, this is a second-year player, right? Dame has now got a lot of years under his belt. Um, and that's and, – and has been through, you know, multiple failures, multiple successes, has the game winner from five years ago, but since then it's been ugly. He's an eight-year pro now. Like, it might seem – or maybe this is his seventh year. Seventh year in the NBA. It might seem like it's been just yesterday he left Weber State. But, I mean, he's almost 600 games into his NBA career now. And he's a little different than Donovan. The teams around him have evolved. You know, he it was LaMarcus's team. He becomes the kingpin guy. They have to learn. He has to then. Lamarcus leaves out of jealousy. They he has to learn how to play. He has CJ emerges, but that's three straight first round losses, or two straight first round losses, one second round. You know the, he's got five, six, I think five or six years of playoff experience. Six years. This is six. He's got two playoff wins now, and now three. Sorry, he had two going in three. That's a lot of experience compared to where Donovan is. Donovan, that early playoff series win is just a huge, last year is huge for him. But we go back to what Donovan did the other night. It's pretty awesome. This is where this kid is really remarkable. He's struggling. We're trailing 79-76. He opens up the fourth quarter and buries a three to start. And I say on the broadcast, does the kid have something up his sleeve, right? We're wondering. Works himself. Rubio hits a runner. Works himself into a 13-foot jumper. We're up four. Chris Paul makes one of two free throws. Donovan draws a foul on a drive, and he scores. It's now 85-80. So we're two minutes in to the half. Donovan's got himself, or two minutes into the fourth, Donovan's got himself seven points. Pulls for three, are on a trailing, Rubio leaves it right behind him, Donovan hits, pow, we're up eight. Capella misses, Donovan comes down, and this time he just takes the game one-on-one and hits the three. And the dude has 13 points in three minutes. That is just second-level stuff. And it's 91-80, and that's not quite the game, but it's you're in pretty good control. 
Royce scores off a of Donovan assist later. Donovan misses his next two shots. Rubio misses a few shots. Donovan misses again, gets... And now it's a little nerve-wracking because suddenly it's a 95-86 game, and that's when the alley-oop happens. Makes it 97-86, and then Donovan hits the double pump left side jumper to make it 99-88. That's ridiculous. You just don't have young kids in their second year in the NBA putting together performances like this. You really just don't. 19 in the fourth. I mean, we could probably go back and find that Dwayne Wade did something similar. And I would remind everyone that Dwayne Wade did something similar while having Shaq. Right? There's a whole other player on that roster that they have to come and deal with and, and try to stop. Wade's comparable... Is in the closeout sweep of Washington, he drops 42 in the, uh, they lose to Detroit in the conference finals that year. Uh, and he had, he, or they, they lose in, I think, seven. Is that right? Or I have to go back and look. I think he gets injured. And he has, he has 40 in one of those games. But when you go back and look at Vince Carter or other players who had a similar role on their team without without that secondary help, you you just don't have night days like that. I mean, it's Vince Carter plays New York in a three-game series and shoots 30% and goes 1 of 10 from 3 in his second year in the league. Carmelo's the guy who did the best. Carmelo just won a national title as a bona fide scorer. That's the other part on Donovan. He's not a go-to guy until eight games, like the final eight or 12 games of his college season at Louisville, and then he takes over. Carmelo, who was great in that series against San Antonio, they lose in five, 14-10, 19-28-25. Like, he went had a good game, but nothing like that. At all. Um, that's, this is just, this kid is just really, and then, you know, we have the comments from Kyle. Which then Joe Ingles the next day simply says, just rerun what Kyle said, he said it perfectly. It's pretty awesome. So, we see Dame doing that. I think that's the hope that we have that on our squad and that's who's carrying us forward. That's my thought. Today's show is brought to you by the store at 6200 South and 20th East. Love the store. Need to stop by. Haven't skied in a little while, so haven't had my usual stop by at the end of the day. Well, there's all sorts of fun things going on at the store right now. Uh, I I love, here's the element I love about the store. So if you go in the very back and see the meat section, there's a there's a brand of meat that they have. And the reason is... Because Jeff and Scott and Amy and a few others all went and did a taste test. And they came out 11 nothing on their taste test on the different types of meats, all for the same company. And that, to me, is the kind of level of detail. They went and took the time for the taste test. 
They went and made sure they got the best up, and then they carried it. Also, they just love the local products. You'll see them throughout the whole store to give you that local feel, that local vibe, that community. And then, of course, there's the mudslide cookie. The greatest single cookie ever made. The mud slide cookie at the store. Walk in over the right-hand side. Go get your mudslide cookie. Check it out. I There's others that are worth having as well, possibly. They try to tell me that the... Royale sells more. I can't believe that. It's a, it's a indictment on society if the mudslide cookie is not the single most sold cookie. Plus, the Leatherby's Locked on Mudslide ice cream is available as well. Special thanks to Leatherby's for making these special locked on. And we have the chocolate vanilla swirl ice cream with mudslide, which is, I think, the Loch Ness Monster. Those are pretty solid. Go get them all at the store, 600 South, 20th East. When you see those high school kids walking out, the older folks with their bags and taking their car, give those kids a high five because that's what community is all about. It is the store at 600 South and 20th East. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple because, let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it. And if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, I wanted to look at something with you. Uh, we're going to kind of do this together. Um, I did it last night, and I thought it was interesting, and I want to walk through it um, with you because we've talked about it a lot. We'll do it together, and I think it'll make some sense. It's going to just take me um, – it'll take me a minute to <clears throat> kind of walk through it with you. So the Jazz run, as you've heard from me numerous times, the most picks and the most handoffs of anyone in the league, right? So for the season this year – we ran 87 picks. Um, our efficiency was good. It's about .99. Um, it's better than better than some others. Some others are better than us. We're kind of about eighth or seventh or eighth in the league in picks. Handoffs, which is another way to run picks. We love to run those with Rudy's. We run the most in the league at 33 and a half. Okay. Um, and again, we're .99 points per handoff, which is pretty good. Um, Denver actually runs a lot, and they're not quite as good as we are, which is interesting, but that's about 10th in the league. So here's what's interesting to me. If you go to last year playoffs, or last year, let's just go last year playoffs against Houston, and what you end up finding out um is that we didn't run that many, right? So 
they got us completely out of what – this is where there's some, some growth that probably won't be able to see. So last year, handoffs, instead of the 33 we're running this year, in the playoffs we ran 21 against the Rockets. We were good at them. We ran them really well. But we only got into 21 of them instead of 35 because of the fact that they they do what they do, right? They run all of this um, – switching and it got us out of our game and we couldn't and the one of the big things that Quinn Snyder wanted to try to figure out last year was how do we maintain our movement and our offense and things of that nature while we're playing the Rockets and so last year the playoffs we ran 80 picks and 21 handoffs in the regular season this year Frankly, I probably should give you regular season last year while we're at it just to make sure that we have apples to oranges and the whole thing. Last year in the regular season, we ran 93 picks per game. So we actually decreased by six as we play a little faster this year. And we ran 33 handoffs last year, the exact same amount. Oh, no, that can't be right. That cannot be. That has to be that we did. Right. Um, We ran... I have it written down right here for you. We have we ran 31.1 uh, handoffs last year. We increased our handoffs this year. So, again, same concept, basically. All a lot of numbers I just threw at you, kind of meaningless. Here's the point. Last year we ran 126 picks and handoffs, and when we played the Rockets, we ran 101. They took us out of our stuff. This year, during the season, we ran 120 picks and handoffs. Okay, so that's still... The premise of who we are, we ran the most of anyone in the league, 122, I think, was the exact number. We, we abs- That's absolutely what we do. This year, against the Rockets, we're running 84.5. So we're only off a regular season number on picks by two a game. And you certainly are going to go to isolation at some point in every night. Our handoff game, which is even harder to run against them, and we're doing it now as pitches, is at 30, during the regular season, is at 33.5. And while we're doing it differently, it's a little questionable how second spectrum counts it. We're down to 21 in the... In the playoffs here. So we're, that number is down again. It's our hand game. But we're running these pitches, which I'm not sure that Second Spectrum knows how to count them as anything other than passes when they're really what they are is handoffs. And the reason we're running these pitches is the problem with the handoff is if you bring the guys together, then the switching defender is right there. What we are doing is running these pitches – that is allowing it where the guys don't come together. And actually, if you pitch it, think about it just logically. If if Gobert is at the elbow and he pitches it out a little bit and they're going to switch, then the defender that's guarding, let's say it's Ingles coming for the pitch, is further away from Gobert than he would be on a handoff. And that allows Gobert to roll to the basket. The point of this is that while 
our offense has not been a great deal better in this series. Our shot quality, as we've talked about a lot, has been really good. We've missed a tremendous amount of wide-open looks. And we're getting better action, better activity, better quality in every one of our possessions than we did a year ago. We're doing it at a much higher level of offense than we did a year ago. We're just not making shots. And so it's being masqueraded a little bit in that regard. That we're, It feels as though our offense, which is, and there is, as we've talked about a lot, a common thread here, that we have a hard time getting the shots we want or the shots to go in that we want against these guys. Um, you know, we just, for whatever weird reason, I, I think they deserve some credit. Mike D'Antoni's theory is very much that if we are playing from ahead, or they're playing from ahead, that it is a incredibly difficult shot to make. That you that you feel it as a player if the if you're if you're behind you're able to shoot better when you're ahead against the rockets and the rockets have the best first quarter team in the league so they usually are able to play from ahead and put that pressure on you jazz qsq is about a percentage point better this year than it was a year ago we're, and we're playing more of our style. We're just not shooting as well. And we didn't shoot well last year either. Last year, though, our effective field goal percentage against the Rockets was 51.8. This year, it's well below that. This year, we've been struggling into the 40s. So we have had an unusual struggle with our shots in this series. I think we're 46% effective field goal percentage. Despite the fact that we're running our offense better. That's that was the point here. If I proved it, well, only only I will know. Well, you can tell me, I guess. Uh, if you don't follow me on Instagram, I put up a bunch of fun highlight videos from yesterday of my play-by-play call. I'm a DLock09. My goal is to make ten thousand by the end of the season. I'm not going to make it. So, if a bunch of you on Instagram who don't follow me want to jump aboard and follow me, you could make my day. Um, I'm short 344 followers to get to the 10,000 Instagram followers I was uh, hoping to get to by the end of the year. So if 300 of you wanted to go to Instagram today and add me, that'd be really cool. I've also tried for the younger folks, I have tried to um, pick up uh, a little bit more snap action for you out there. Uh, for those of you that are snappers, seems to still be a prominent thing. So there's been some updates on Snap uh, and that for you as well. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, 
it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network, right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. Today's show is brought to you by the Barbecue Pit Stop. These guys are so cool. I was fact, I was joking with Hans and Scotty yesterday that they need to create the QSQ for barbecuing. What's your, you know, the expected quality report you can get. Barbecue Pit Stop is located in three locations, but before I tell you all about their locations, let me tell you exactly what they are. You know when you walk into that, not, not, you don't walk into that golf shop that is, you know, the big, it's the specialty golf shop where you can, you have the, the, there's the specific kind of elite level great golfer that goes to not just the big huge box store. You know that fly fishing store? Like there's a bunch of them up in Utah and in Park City and up in Idaho where the, you walk in and you realize like, wow, this is like, this is, that's the barbecue pit stop. It is an amazing spot that has expertise, selection, and you then have a lifelong barbecue expert who's on your side. And they've got these guys that are just so passionate. I had a waiter last night who just, I love people who love their jobs. Our waiter last night loved his work. He was so excited to tell us about the food. That's how the people at the barbecue pit stop are. There's Clinton. Uh, there's uh, also for you, there's uh, Kennedy, who I met up in the Layton store. And then there's the Salt Lake store at 1300 South, and, or excuse me, 2100 South. And third West. It's it's such a cool thing to be around people who have a passion for doing. If you're into barbecue, not only do they have, every, I mean, you can just be at your starting stage. Not only do they have every single fabulous smoker and grill and all those kind of things, but instead, or in addition, they have every sauce, every rub, and experts to help you out and let you try. It. And it's really cool. I was talking to the guys about being up at Hill Air Force Base up in Layton uh, with Kennedy, and he was talking about how all the, the military guys come over from their different parts of town so they can grab their different rubs so they can create the style that makes them feel like they're at home. Brian's in Salt Lake City. He's the pit master there. Lee, in Lehigh, it's Clinton. It's the barbecue pit stop. Stop by, feel the expertise, become an expert yourself, and have an advisor for life at the barbecue pit stop. All right, how does it happen tonight? How does it happen? We're nine-point underdogs, which is a lot in the playoffs. Uh, one is we've got to figure out how we bring the same defensive energy without the home crowd. I mean, the crowds were really awesome. We were, I was listening to the Rocket broadcast on the plane flight, and they were, you know, they were just effusive in their praise of our broadcast of our crowd. And it's, you know, this is not a raucous crowd. It might be if they play the Warriors. But it's not a generally raucous, excited crowd. That's not who they are. So 
from that standpoint, the first thing we've got to do is find a way to play with the energy and the juice, even if we don't have the 19,000 Jazz fans behind us. I think that's going to be this one. The second one, quite frankly, and this is how hard we got to shoot 50% from three net. We have to have the 17 of 34 night from three. The Dennis Schroeder can go eight of nine last night with his poor shooter. He is Jay Crowder needs to do the same. This is the night where Jay Crowder and Ricky Rubio, who are well below average shooters, where Joe Ingles gets off for five of seven somehow, but he hasn't been able to get looks all series. When Donovan hits his three of eight, and Jay goes four of six, and Ricky goes two of five, and George Niang goes two of three, and next thing you know, we've gone 17 of 35 from three. It, it, it truly is going to take an unusual shooting night, and it's got to start early. The Jazz and the Rockets have played nine playoff games. In eight of the in all nine, somebody is led by eight points in the first quarter, and all of them, the team that has led except for Game Three of the series, the team that won led won the won the game. Okay, so we, you know, frankly, that that really means is that in the Rockets seven wins against us in six of the seven. Wins they've had an eight point lead in the first quarter. They're six and zero when they've had that lead against us. So there's two aspects of this. One is that we absolutely positively have to come out and get a good start. You just cannot be slow to this game. And two, we have to have an extraordinary three point shooting night. Now, all the other things have to still hold. We have to show that we still can defend them at the level we've been able to defend them and, and that, this, that our progress we've made defensively is real. Um, but it's gonna, we're a nine-point underdog. It's going to take an outlier night. Now, we get the outlier night, and we have this thing back at home on Friday, and they're playing every other day, and they're shooting from long distance, and we have the crowd, it gets super interesting. Hard to beat a team four times in a row who has not lost four times in a row or has not lost four games, had only lost four games in their final, like, 26 before this stretch started. So it is a monumental mammoth task. Um, But that's what it's going to take. An outlier shooting night, a fast start, and continued defense. I mean, it's kind of obvious, right? But the outlier shooting night is really, if you look at it, there's no math way to make it work otherwise. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. Hopefully tomorrow we're talking. A sleepy David comes on early and talks to you about the excitement of Game 6, and you're all going for tickets, and I'm trying to figure out who gets my tickets, and all those kind of things. Or there's a chance David just sleeps forever tomorrow. Have a great day. Thanks very much for tuning in. You can follow me on Instagram at DLock09. I believe Snapchat is DLock9. Thanks. Have a great day. 
Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.